Hello and welcome to the pregame huddle podcast. Uh, I am John Thomas, and I'm with my co-host Cody Eastep and Aaron Fraser, and we are joined tonight by Aaron's uncle William. Uh, uncle William, thanks for being on the show with us tonight. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we've been talking a lot this week about different things we can do for Thanksgiving. And so we decided that we were going to record on Wednesday night to uh, get it out on Thursday and have a uh, have a Thanksgiving special so everybody could have something to listen to over the weekend. Um, so let's get into this. Let's get into last weekend and then we'll get into this week. Um Aaron, you you had some good takes last week. I know Cody had some good ones too. But um, what are you guys? Uh, what are your thoughts on what happened last weekend? Well, the first thing I had in the notes was that uh, Georgia beat Charleston Southern by the same score that Ohio State beat the seventh ranked team in the nation in Michigan State. Um, and obviously, I know Georgia was you know half playing that that second half really into the second quarter, but. At the same time, it, it's, it, it shows just the varying levels of team skill that we've seen this year. There's quite a drop-off. But at the same time, Ohio State, they just came to play. Uh, this was not a bad Michigan State team. They came in, defense had been playing great the past few weeks. Undefeated, Kenneth Walker III was putting on a Heisman season. And uh, they just hit the brakes when they played Ohio State. And, uh, you know, Great job by Ohio State game planning. You know, C.J. Stroud went 32-35 for 432 yards and six touchdowns, and that was basically in a half. Um, he didn't really even need to play the second half. So that was my big takeaway. And then, obviously, Clemson, they beat Wake Forest 48-27. That was not a close game. I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but, you know, after Wake Forest lost, um, you know, I just think they've kind of derailed a little bit. Uh, and then Utah beat the brakes off Oregon. I know we kind of talked about that last week, how we saw that coming, but I'm just glad to see it happen. They were not a top three team in the nation, and I'm so glad that someone just beat them down. Well, they were going to miss it either way. Utah was either going to beat them Saturday or they were going to beat them again in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, Cody, you've You've looked at Utah the whole time and pointed out that game for Oregon for a couple weeks now. Um, now that you've seen it happen, um, what do you what do you think about this Utah team? I mean, yeah, definitely one as expected. Uh, I saw their run game, and you know that's really what they used against Oregon. My only question was to see if Oregon's defensive line would be able to stop them because clearly they got one of the best defensive lines in college football, but I mean, it all went as I expected for the three games that I really had a, a big take for, you know, Alabama. They won close. I knew that was going to be an issue for them, the pass rush and the defense for Arkansas, but they overcame it. And then, you know, <clears throat> last couple of weeks I said Ohio State's a lot better, and I called the blowout, and they definitely produced for me. C.J. Shroud's definitely looking the part late here in the season. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised that Oregon got beat as bad as they did, but I'm not surprised that they lost. Um, I think C.J. Stroud definitely played really, really well. Um, do I think he deserves the Heisman? No, 
Um, do I think he's playing like that right now? Yes. Um, it'll be fresh on the voters' minds. But um, let's let's get into this week 13. Uh, we're going to do some guest picks. Uncle William is going to do some guest picks for us. Um, so at the end of each – after we talk about each game, we're going to do some guest picks and some hot takes. So let's um, – Let's jump into the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. Um, one of the – probably the biggest game, Mike Leach. Uh, big, I think it's the biggest game of the weekend. I know it might not look like that um, on paper, but I think it's the biggest game of the weekend uh, for bragging rights, especially if Lane Kiffin is looking to take another job. Um, Aaron, you, you do remember that the Iron Bowl is this weekend, right? Yeah, but I, but I think – I think the Iron Bowl is not going to be close. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, Bo Nix. All right. Yeah. Well, that was fun. TJ, TJ Finley just does not look the part. South Carolina beat Auburn last weekend. South Carolina's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think – and hear me out. You know, Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel have done two of the best jobs in all of college football this year. They took two garbage programs and brought them back to at least being able to look like they know how to play football. Please, let's get UTSA's head coach on speed dial. Yeah. Yeah. Trailer is – yeah, he's – if he does not have a Power 5 job in the next two years, it'll surprise me. Um, I don't think he's going to leave this year signing a big extension. I know it's not for a huge amount of money, but I think he'll stay. I think uh, some of the Texas jobs have a better chance of opening in the next two to three years. Um, he could be in play at Baylor if Dave Aranda leaves. Yeah. But um, Egg Bowl, uh, well, let's go with Egg Bowl picks. Um, Aaron, will go with you first. Give us your pick and kind of a little reason for it. I mean – Boy, I have Mississippi State winning 42-38. Uh, this Ole Miss secondary has had a tough time tackling uh, all year, and they're already thin on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I really just – with Mike Leach as the king of the air raid offense and the way that Will Rogers has been playing the past couple weeks, it really feels like Mississippi State's kind of found a rhythm. Um, obviously, the committee loves Mississippi State because they've managed to rank them at four – losses and I wouldn't be surprised they're ranked after this game <laughs> but um, I, I just think it's definitely like a trap game for Ole Miss as a top 10 team but Ole Miss isn't healthy it's the end of the season Mississippi State's uh, strengths are Ole Miss's weaknesses and I think that's gonna really um, stand its stand its ground in this game so I got you know this quarterback for Ole Miss right you know oh, he's gonna be quarterback for Ole Miss he's kind of good at football Mm-hmm. And Mississippi State has a whole lot of zero defense. Mm-hmm. I think Mike we- Mike Lee twins a shootout, John Thomas. Well, I, you know, I still have my concerns. I get it. Matt Corral is a great player. I still have my concerns with him being you healthy. You realize you're talking no about this generation's Mike Leach is coaching for the other team. No, no. Uh, I'm not ready to compare Lane Kiffin's mind to – Mike Leach is yet. I mean, we just talked about how he's convinced himself and everyone else that he's a pirate. So 
I'm not, I'm not ready to, to, you know, put Lane Kiffin at Mike Leach's level. I mean, Lane said it himself on college game day. He said it himself. Uh, Mike Leach is the best in the game. He's the best offensive mind in the game. And I think that carries over. I think he finds a way to win this game. I, I really do feel like Mississippi State's going to be more prepared than um, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team will be. I agree. Co- Cody, uh, jump in here and kind of give us your sco- give us your score prediction or who you got winning. And it's 42-38 Mississippi State. You got 42-38. Yeah. Well, I love the Mike Leach talk. That's my guy. Uh, direct quote from the man, sometimes a pirate beats a soldier. Uh, and that's what's going to happen this week. Um, I got Mississippi State, you know. Uh, Ole Miss's defense, like you said, both their defenses are comparable to my Texas Longhorns. Um, but all that's going to change is Will Rogers last week against Auburn, 44 for 45 for 415 and six touchdowns. Auburn's got a better pass defense than Ole Miss, and I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think the, the Pirate King takes over. That's my cowbells going crazy. That's the, that's the prediction. Oh, they'll be going crazy, even if they're losing by 50. They'll be going crazy. <laughs> Um, let's go to Uncle William. Let's let's get his first take of the night. Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Thoughts on the game and your game pick. Thoughts on the game. Both coaches are great offensive minds. Like you, like everyone said, all the def- both defenses uh, are struggling to stop other opponents. Um, Mike Leach is great. Offensive mind, um, but I have this feeling that uh, the quarterback for Ole Miss, if they can keep Mississippi State's offense off the field, uh, like quarterback draws, uh, some design run plays for the quarterback of Ole Miss to eat some clock because they know if they give Mississippi State the ball and Mississippi State's quarterback is really good that they can score quickly. So what they're going to try to do, in my opinion, is slow down the game. They want to slow it down, and that's going to be hard to do when both teams' defenses aren't that good. But the way they'll counter it, meaning old Miss, the way they'll counter it is that they're going to run more often than you think they will. And if they have success with that, I feel they'll pull the game out. It'll be close, and it'll be a high-scoring game. And I pick uh, old Miss 41-38. I, uh, the, the game will be decided on the legs of Matt Corral. Amen. That's, That's it. That's the whole the whole game will be won on that. Um, he doesn't need to throw for 450 yards for them to win. He needs to throw for 200 and run for 150 and they'll win. Um, I think the biggest weapon for Ole Miss right now is Jerry on Ely too. Um, he's definitely the best athlete on the field. I've got Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to kill him. Uh, I'm going to go with probably three touchdowns. Wow. I'm going to go 42-21 Ole Miss. I think they put Mississippi State out of their misery. Don't even give the committee a chance to rank them. Um, They're just not that good. 
I got the chance to watch them at the beginning of the year. They're a different football team, but they are bad. I watched Will Rogers go one for eight in the first half of the game. Um, yeah, well, I, I got the opportunity to see some mustard being thrown at and, and golf balls being thrown at Lane Kiffin. And I can tell you right now, if you get, run some QB contain, you can shut down that Ole Miss offense. You mean the same defense that gave up 220 yards to Matt Corral in the ground? I said QB contain. I said you got to run QB contain. I didn't say we did it well. I said you got to run it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, let's let's get into let's get into probably, you know, a game that could be a big uh destroying, but it could also be a really good game. Uh the Iron Bowl. Um I'll go let's go with Cody first. Uh give us your game prediction, give us kind of a little rundown and then what you think the score will be. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming Say Bunnix is healthy. I think this is a really great ball game. Um, but you know, TJ Finley is only real action. You know, is to bring the team back late against Georgia State, which is a real, real great one for the Auburn fans. Um, but TJ Finley, he's just—he's not mobile. He doesn't have a great arm. He's not—he's not what you need. Bo Nix, if you bring Bo Nix out there against Alabama defense, I think he'll do some damage because you know you never really know what Bo Nix is going to do. Uh, but T.J. Finley just doesn't have that it factor that Bo Nix seems to have every time he plays against Alabama or another big team like that. Um, but Alabama standpoint, you know, they're they're not great. I know everybody – it's weird to say Alabama's not good, but this year I really just don't think that they're a top 15 team if you put them up against other people. But – They've squeezed through a lot of games. I don't think Arkansas is really great, uh, but their offense prevailed at the end. Bryce Young's obviously really good. Uh, he's still in the Heisman hunt. Uh, I think the wide receivers for Alabama and the skilled players are going to outweigh Auburn's heavily, and I think Alabama's probably going to blow them out because I just don't see uh, Auburn getting anything done offensively because Tank Bigsby's really not stepped it up the second half of this season. And he's got a fumble problem, and you can't really turn the ball over against Alabama. Yeah. I mean, taking advantage of every possession is going to be key for Auburn. Uh, if they don't commit a turnover, the game will be close. I still think Alabama beats them. But, um, Aaron, what are your what's your thoughts, um, game predictions, score predictions? <laughs> So, first off, a 19-and-a-half-point favorite in Jordan-Hare Stadium does not sit well with me at all. Um, it's going to be loud. I mean, it's the Iron Bowl. Uh, but I you care. have to have a good football team for the loud and matter. A 19-and-a-half-point favorite <laughs> sounds way too generous in Jordan-Hare. Um, I understand Auburn lost to South Carolina last week. I get that. Um, I also understand that uh, up front, Tank Bigsby is a man. Um, and I've been going back and forth on this. If TJ Finley plays, if he doesn't play, I have Alabama winning, but I have it 34-23. Um, Finley's white. If what? But will Bo Nix hurt? Bo Nix is done. Okay, it's fine. I don't, I don't care if TJ Finley's back there. They're not going to cover the spread. I don't. Alabama is not going to cover a twenty point spread. Twenty point spread. They're not going to lose by eleven. 
I think Alabama wins by 11. I have Alabama winning. I just think it's going to be 11, and I think it's going to be a late pull away. I, I don't see – I just don't see it. We talked about all this year, one facet of Alabama's – whether Alabama's team, whether it be the offense or defense, one doesn't play well when the other does. Yeah, and we haven't seen Bryce Young put back-to-back Heisman-like performances together. You know this team is tired. They're just in a shootout with Arkansas. And might I say – they were in a shootout with Arkansas in which they had a special teams kicker throw a touchdown pass. <clears throat> I don't think they're completely mentally prepared to go into Jordan Hare. And I know that sounds like a loaded statement. This is a team that experienced a lot of turnover the past year. Not a lot of these guys have played in an environment like this. I don't think they're going to be completely ready for it. Uh, I know Nick Saban's a great coach, but – I think there's going to be some wild offensive schemes thrown out there for this game uh, by Brian Harson, and I think it's going to be a competitive ball game. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it'll be competitive for a quarter and a half. Um, and and I put this in the notes: Can Alabama win a physical football game? Can this team win a physical football can game? Auburn win a football game, physical or patsy? I don't think they could really think they're that bad right now. I mean, Derek Mason coaches their defense. The dude won three games a year at Vanderbilt. I know hey, Vanderbilt he's got an SEC job. Don't even get me started on Vanderbilt coaching hires. Don't even get me started on the job itself. Safest job in the world, he goes, the release of it. But, I mean, I really do think this is going to be the most physical team Alabama has faced. And, and what was the other physical team they faced this year? I mean, they played Texas Tennessee. A&M. Texas A&M. A&M. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. And how'd that go? They got beat. But are you comparing Jimbo Fisher and Brian Harson? <clears throat> no. Mike Elko the, the, play styles, the play styles are similar. Their play styles are similar. Auburn is the poor man's Texas A&M. Bo Nix in the game. Bo Nix. And I also don't think Texas A&M's – Texas A&M's defense is three worlds better than Auburn's. Okay, I said they're a poor man's Texas A&M. In terms of their play styling, they're very similar. And I did not say I did say Alabama's going to lose this game. They win this game by 11, but they're not covering the spread. That rest my case. I, I, got, a, I got probably 40, 42 to 14 Alabama. I could see it, but I, I think I think this is the game, and I know Uncle William will agree with me. This could be the game their defense can find itself against a bad offense, but a physical team. I agree. I think they're going to cause a lot of turnovers. Yeah, TJ Finley has no chance. I it think is- there's going to be a lot of turnovers committed by Auburn, forced by Alabama. It'll create a lot of short fields for Alabama. It'll create a lot of quick scoring opportunities for Alabama. The key is, can they execute? Like you all said, one side of the ball plays well in a game and the other doesn't. This may be their most complete game they play, even though it's against a bad team. It may be, like you just said, they find themselves on defense and they give the offense very short fields to work with to score. So see, my thing is is like it doesn't even matter how good or bad Auburn is for Alabama to beat them 
by three-plus touchdowns, that is huge for them, just in a rivalry game. True. A team that's ruined them a couple times. Uh, then they've played spoiler to both – both teams have played spoiler. Um, I, I truly think that Alabama will find themselves on defense. They'll be, they'll be better after this week. But I think it will all come down to how good Alabama runs the ball. Agree. If they can run the ball against Auburn, they will definitely be more prepared to run the ball against Georgia, I think. I agree with that. Just an off, just just running for a lot of yards against a big physical defensive front could become very could be, could become very useful for them in the long run. That offensive line's got to get a lot better, yeah. and so we got to see what they can do. Yeah, because Georgia's going to have a heyday with them if if they're playing the way they've been playing. Yeah, I mean Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis has two sacks all year, and he will have four sacks in that game. As a two technique defensive tackle, he will have four sacks in that game against yep. Alabama if they, when they play. Yep. Um, let's let's get into the battle. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. This is this is going to be a good game. A really bad offense against a really good defense, and another really bad offense against a. Um, Oklahoma State's offense is not good. Not good at all. But their defense is insane for a Big 12 team. Um, Uncle William, let's go to you first. Thoughts, score prediction, give us give us what you kind of feel like. Um, Oklahoma's had an uh, interesting year. Uh, they have a lot of talent. Uh, they seem to have not clicked in a lot of games. And Oklahoma State, to me, even though they have a great defense, typically Big 12 is a weak defensive conference overall. Um, I feel Oklahoma finds a way to win with their skilled players, maybe with Eric Gray, a former UT Vol, uh, running the football. If – they can break down Oklahoma State's defense through the run game. They're going to have to keep um, – they're going to have to be on the field longer than they normally do, even though they're a quick offensive team. They're going to have to slow down Oklahoma State again. They're going to have to control time of possession. Uh, that's key. Um, uh, Oklahoma's defense uh, – uh, not too keen on that. I think if they can force, again, turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, and create some sacks or create some runs for losses to put Oklahoma State in the hole um, to where they're forced to have to throw down field, uh, that's the kind of game they want to play. Um this is probably a game where uh, I see it's highly competitive until Oklahoma pulls away late. See, this, this game's got big implications for Big 12 championship um, because Baylor's sitting there, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, they all have a chance to get in. Um, if you're Oklahoma State, if you know you can get in, 
to the Big 12 championship, you honestly would be not in a college football playoff sense, but in a sense of winning the conference, you'd be better off losing this game because the odds of Oklahoma being able to beat Oklahoma State twice are not very high. Their offense is not going to show up one of the games. Um, Uncle William, give us your score prediction or who you got winning. I have Oklahoma pulling away late, and um, I think there'll be some points put up if um, if Oklahoma can't create turnovers. So I'm going to go with that. If they can't do that, Oklahoma State's going to put up some points. I just feel Oklahoma pulls away late. Uh, I'm looking at uh, 28-23. Okay. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good score prediction because I think it will all depend on how much – if you leave Oklahoma State on the field for a long period of time, all, all game long, they will score, like you said. Um, but I just think the talent – I think Oklahoma has more talent than Oklahoma State. But uh Aaron, give us your give us your spiel, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Baylor beat Oklahoma a couple weeks ago, twenty-seven to fourteen, and their defense feasted. Um I think Oklahoma State can do the same thing, but I think their offense is a little bit better than Baylor's. Um, especially the past couple weeks. So, right now, Oklahoma State's defense is, what, allowing 261 yards per game. I mean, pretty good for a Big 12 school. Uh, But right now, uh, I still think Oklahoma hasn't quite learned their lesson from a couple weeks ago. I mean, they really got punched in the mouth by Baylor. Um, They they really got punched in the mouth. They couldn't play that physical game. I think Oklahoma State's a little bit more physical and a little bit more dynamic on offense. So, I I really give Oklahoma State the advantage – I think Oklahoma is able to, you know, bridge the gap a little bit more and, you know, be a little bit more prepared than they were against Baylor. But I have Oklahoma State winning 27 to 21 um, and keeping it, you know, kind of low scoring. Um, but it's, it's going to be a pretty close game. But I really do think Oklahoma State's going to be able to dictate um, the entirety of the game um, from, you know, uh, I guess from a defensive standpoint and also from a time of possession standpoint. Well, I mean, Oklahoma State has to know if you only allow three touchdowns, you're going to win the game. Yeah. You you have enough offense to score four touchdowns. If they get into a game where they've got to score seven or eight touchdowns, they're going to lose, and they're going to lose by probably 20 points if that happens. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think their defense is too physical for the offensive line for Oklahoma. <clears throat> Um, you saw, I mean, Dave Aranda's team was ready to play, but I think Mike Gundy's got these guys fired up. I think, uh, he's, he's a very good motivator. He's a guy who you want to play for. Um, if anybody can beat Oklahoma twice in a row, it's Oklahoma state. Um, I think Oklahoma could beat Baylor if they played again tomorrow, uh, at a, with a better chance than Oklahoma state. Uh, I agree. I think they could beat. I just think Oklahoma State's better than Baylor. But, um, Cody, you know, I know you're a big Big 12 guy with, you know, with Texas and everything. And, obviously, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is not really a game that's usually on your radar. But what are your what are your thoughts on Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Yeah, I mean, I know both these teams real well. Uh, 
First off, I got to give a shout out to Thomas and Devin Harper, some Carnes boys, both of them starting for Oklahoma State on the defensive side. Uh, they're all playing really well. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, you'd think they'd have a lot better year uh, offensively just the way, you know, they played last year. And yeah, they lost, uh, you know, a running back and then they lost a wide receiver, but you've got your key guy, Spencer Sanders, who normally plays really well in really big games. Um, I think Oklahoma State is going to take this game, uh, but I don't really think that it matters because I think Oklahoma is going to fix their kinks at quarterback over the break and then come back in the Big 12 championship and kill them. That's my personal opinion. That's normally how it works in the Big 12 championship, whether it's Texas versus Oklahoma or whoever. Whoever wins in the regular season is going to get killed in the championship game. Every year it happens that way. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Caleb Williams is on the same momentum that he was in the middle of the season when he took over the starting job. Uh, you know, he only had 86 passing yards last game with an interception. You can't rely on the run against an Oklahoma State defense. Um, and I just don't think – like, Oklahoma has really good running backs – but they don't have a Kenneth Walker. They don't have a Bijan. They don't have somebody that can take over a game by themselves. So I think Oklahoma State wins it with their offense um, because you already know Oklahoma's going to commit turnovers. They're prone to it every game. Um, but I think Oklahoma State wins close, and then they get murdered in the Big 12 championship. See, I'm going to go flip on this. I think Spencer Rattler comes in in the third or fourth quarter and wins the game for Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to show who he was supposed to be at the beginning of the year uh, at the end of this game. I think they win 35-28 off a late game kind of thriller. I think that builds his stock uh, for the transfer portal going into next year. I think he gets a couple really good opportunities in the portal. Um, I think he wins the game for him, but I go the opposite. I think Oklahoma State wins the Big 12, um, I just don't think it ends up being – I think it ends up being a close enough game where I can say that. Um, a, a very Jalen Hurts-esque moment. Yes, I think you. it's going to be almost exactly. Um, and I know we've – we'll talk – we'll get to it later in the show, but, I mean, you know, looking at the college football playoff, I mean – Oklahoma's, you know, kind of dropped out of nowhere's land, but no man's land, but there's still only one loss. They could still beat, you know, a top 10 team at least this time and could beat a top 15 team when they play them again um, back to back, which is tough to do. But um, now let's let's get to what's probably going to be the beat down of the weekend if anything's been. Uh, if anything's going to – if history is going to repeat itself, this is going to be the beatdown of the weekend. Uh, number two, Ohio State, against number five, Michigan. Uh, we're going to go to Cody because Cody has told us the whole season that Ohio State's way better than they were against Oregon, and they've proven us every week that we know nothing about Ohio State football um, by not picking them to beat top five teams by 49 points. <laughs> Um, but Cody, go with the uh, Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah, I mean, I sound like a broken record by now, but you know, I mean, when everybody watched that Oregon game, it was like, 
good lord, Ohio State has all these weapons, but they can't score to save their lives against a tear. I mean, we all knew Oregon was not that good. We knew they had no offense whatsoever, and that was just horrible. But, you know, the last couple of weeks, Ohio State's just been blowing out people. And I think the difference between Ohio State and Michigan is if you look at Michigan's resume, let's say, barely beating Rutgers, barely beating Nebraska, losing to Michigan State, who just got destroyed, uh, pulling away late against Indiana, barely beating Penn State. Like, Michigan loves to play a close game, and Ohio State's not afraid to put up 60 on you in a quarter. I mean, Ohio State was up like 50 at halftime. Um, I just don't see any team, period, I'm going to say period, not Georgia included. I don't see anybody that's stopping them right now. The way that they can get the ball up fast if they want to, the way they can hit you deep if they want to, and then they can turn around and rush for 250 yards with the same running back. So I just don't see any <clears> – <throat> I don't see anybody being able to stop them right now, and I don't think Michigan's quarterback has the ability to throw the entire game against Ohio State because we were all surprised because we thought – you know, Kenneth Walker would have a great game. It's just they couldn't pass. They couldn't do anything against Ohio State. So I could easily see this be another blowout. I mean, it's not going to be as big of a blowout, but I see them not having any. I mean, I'm changing the TV station at the third quarter. Yeah, I um, I know me and Aaron talked about this. I think Jim Harbaugh has bought three years with this, with this year, just with this. I think he buys 10 if they beat Ohio State on Saturday. Agreed. Uh, he will be the head coach as long as he wants to be the head coach if he beats them one time. He will be the – they'll be in the college football playoff. Uh, they'll be – it'll be the greatest team they've had in, you know, 20 years at least. Um, Aaron, what are your what are your thoughts? I know you've got Ohio State – destroying the spread but uh what are your thoughts on the game i'd put my inheritance on that spread <laughs> eight um, eight points yeah uh this i mean cody pretty much nailed it but i really i think michigan has a fighting chance and the word fighting is is really kind of vague at the moment but um Cade McNamara is a game manager, and I've said this all year. I hate the guy. hate him. J.J. McCarthy is going to do so much more next year. But uh, – and I, I do love Michigan's defensive line. Um, I no, really he won't be the quarterback next year. You know, no, he'll be won't. the quarterback in Michigan next year. It's going to be Harrison Bailey. Michigan State. But um, – Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, he's, he's locked himself as a top five pick, in my opinion. Um, had a phenomenal year. But they, they got some defensive line. Um, but it's, it's really outside of that. I don't see Michigan able to do anything with these receivers. Uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Najiba, Najigba. Um, there's just no one stopping them. And, and C.J. Stroud, I think he's the new Heisman front runner. You guys can he and haw about that all you want, but I think he is, and I think after this game, it's it's going to even be more solidified than it was um, last week. But uh, I don't I don't know who's going to stop them except Georgia. So Cody, we're going to disagree on that because Georgia will stop Ohio State. 
Um, so that that's not I'm, – I'm not even going to debate that. Well, uh, Georgia – Georgia will turn them into being one-dimensional. I exactly. exactly. They will have to throw the ball a, yeah. a lot of yards to beat Georgia. Yeah, but yeah. do you think Georgia can score that many? Because I don't. They haven't you shown think, You think Ohio State's going to score that many on Georgia? Well, 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 you got two receivers going into the draft next year that are going to be the top two in rookie of the year for the NFL. I think it's possible because you don't have to do anything special to get Chris Olave on a 70-yard screen pass on the first play of the game like you can do anything with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and they will make things happen you don't I know the offensive line, or the defensive line is great but Ohio State has a really good offensive line and you know Henderson can run outside the tackle you've got a lot of people going into Georgia and for absolutely no reason trying to run it inside the tackle and get stuffed every single play they've got a lot of options screen plays are going to be huge in that game if they face up in the championship See, it takes one hit by a linebacker. T- takes one hit by a Georgia SEC linebacker. Well, the problem is their best linebacker just got it convicted of rape. So yeah, I did see that. That's real good for the Georgia defense. Um, character. I think I right care. now, you really have to evaluate it as, you know, we look at it. They will be a one-dimensional team. Uh, I think Georgia will be able to stop the run. But I think the bigger question is going to be, like we talked about, can Georgia put up the points? Um, I hold, just think hold, that- hold, hold. Let me throw out my score prediction for the Michigan game. We got to get through one week at a time. Okay. Um, I got 42-24 Ohio State. I've got, I've got probably 42-10 Ohio State, maybe even, maybe even 49-10. to 10. Um, Never. Uncle William, who you got? Uh, I'm going to be the spoiler here. I think Harbaugh has a lot of heat under him to win this game. He's had heat to win this game ever since he's been at Michigan. He is. I'd pay a million dollars. I'd pay a million dollars to see Ohio State lose. Yeah, and, and I think they're playing in Ann Arbor, which helps them. Again, I think if their defensive line can get some pressure and get Ohio State's quarterback rattled, uh, they have a chance. But I was telling Aaron today, I'm saying for them to win, they have to play a perfect game. They have to play turnover-free. They have to control the time of possession. They have to be able to run the football, and they have to throw when they want to, not when they have to. Yep. And if they can do that, they have a they'll chance. They'll, they they'll have beat a chance. If that happens. They have a chance. And Harbaugh, he he's a motivator in a in a eccentric way. But this is a huge game for them. This could get them into the college football playoff. And I know that's weighing on a lot of their minds now. And I think they're going to be hyped up. I think the Michigan uh, fan base will be hyped up. If they commit turnovers and let Ohio State's offense work as they will, it'll be a blowout. Like, like Cody said, we'll be turning it at third quarter. We won't even be watching anymore. They have to play a sound, almost perfect football game. My prediction is – um, thirty-one twenty-nine, Michigan. And I think that'll be the score if they win. 
because they definitely will score three or four times. Ohio State will. But uh, the problem with Ohio State, we saw it against Nebraska, they have a bad habit of settling for field goals. They get stopped. Um, I think it's going to take them to have to score touchdowns. I think if they keep kicking field goals and allow Michigan to keep staying in the game, Michigan will end up beating them. But if they come out like they did against Michigan State and score four touchdowns in the first quarter, it's just going to be over very, very quickly. Michigan's not going to know what hit them. I agree with that. Um, so let's let's jump to our uh, our Thanksgiving um, breakdown of teams. Uh, we kind of put this together, um, putting the top ten teams that we think you know are kind of kind of still involved a little bit in what could be either New Year's Six Bowl or in the top four. Um, we'll let uh, we'll let each of us read off a line. Uh, I'll read off the first one. Uh, we got the stuffing coming in in third place. I uh, put in a valiant effort for first or second, but uh, it's just not quite good enough yet. Uh, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Utah, UTSA. Uh, I think these four teams, you know, they're going to put in a good, good run in for it next year, but I don't know if they're quite to turkey pumpkin pie level yet. But um, if they if they make the right decisions and have a really good year next year, I think they might be able to they might be able to pull it out. Um, but coming from a coming from a food connoisseur, I think they're they're third. Um, but we'll go to level number two. Aaron, you want to you want to give us our main course? Yeah, first off, UTSA, college football playoff, go ahead and book it. Um, second off, in terms of the turkey, we got Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Alabama. And I told you I debated on putting Alabama at the stuffing because they do not deserve to sit at the big boy table yet. But um, Michigan, I mean, it's pretty apparent. I, I do think this Michigan team is different from the years past. Um, I'll, I'll give them that. I, I do think they're more than one-dimensional. And, you know, they have Blake Corum, uh, Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins. They have a good running back duo. And, yeah, as much as I give Cade McNair a lot of crap, I mean, at least he doesn't throw 10 interceptions a game. So we'll, we'll give him that. And then Cincinnati, I think that's pretty apparent. I, I think they're kind of in this limbo between turkey and pumpkin pie. But what keeps them at turkey is uh, the defense – or, sorry, not – not that's what makes them pumpkin pie, but what keeps them at turkey is some of the decision making on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you can agree with me on that. Uh, there are some games where it's like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Um, and and uh, which is weird. Probably, I mean, Desmond Ryder is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. As far yeah. as decision making, he's definitely very talented. He's he's got the arm. He's got the look. He looks the part. Um, he'll definitely get drafted in the draft, but it's Steelers. a question of some of the decisions that he makes. Um, you know, his completion percentage is not quite that high. They're comparing him to a Josh Allen type guy. He goes, he play, looks the part, just is really, really raw coming out of college. Um, you know, not quite the same as a 6'6", 250-pound man who, yeah, man who hurdles people, but 
um, you know, just kind of kind of on the same line as just being so raw and coming from a group of five schools. Um, Cody, you wanna you wanna give us the uh, the pumpkin pie? Yeah, the best part of the dinner. We got the pumpkin pie with a sweet dollop of that whipped cream. We got the big boys. We got the daddies of the college football world. Ohio State and Georgia, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to say that you're predicting any other people than those two in the championship. I think you're crazy. <laughs> it, so, uh, Uncle William just got called out here. Uh, That's Uncle okay. <laughs> I think we need we need to go right to Uncle William on this top four this man's got. Um, I'm kind of yeah. concerned for his mental health. Um, <laughs> but we got uh, – We'll take it right down to William, right to him. Hand him the microphone. We need we need this man to explain himself. Um, sure, sure. They're all one-loss your... teams. They're all um... – Would you care to give us your order in teams? <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, one Alabama, 12-1, and one. Georgia 12-1, and one. Michigan 12-1, and one. Oklahoma 12-1. and one. That's my top four. That's your projections? <laughs> Those What's are your, your projections for the end of the year, yeah. For the national championship, I still think it's Alabama and Georgia. So I mean, I don't – with these rankings, I don't see how it could be Georgia right. and Alabama. Right. It can't. It can't be. But <laughs> So, I mean, if does Georgia move to three if Alabama beats them in the SEC championship to play them again? That's they a possibility. Yeah, possible. they won't play them again in the semifinal. They won't let that game happen twice in a row. The yeah. ratings for that SEC championship are going to be too high to not have it as your national championship. So Ex- explain your Michigan and Oklahoma and Alabama spiel you got going on in this top four. Okay. Well, I will. I feel Michigan upsets Ohio State, so that's how they get in. You think they Wisconsin have to... doesn't beat them? Right. They have to beat Wisconsin to get there. True. And Wisconsin's a – pretty good team so i mean they still have a challenge in front of them to get there but uh, if that would give them a huge momentum boost uh, going in to do that but uh anyway i think um oklahoma i know cody knows a lot about the big 12 and usually one blows out the other in in the championship from the regular season i just think oklahoma finds a way to get there um, Michigan upsets Ohio State to get there. I just – it's hard to for me to go against the SEC. And, that, and that's, that's why I think somehow, some way, even though my rankings don't show it that way, um, I think Alabama and Georgia end up playing. They play twice. They play the SEC championship. I think Alabama – beats Georgia there, uh, gives Georgia a loss. That really will light a fire under Georgia. If they see Alabama again, I think Georgia takes them the second time around. Although I'm going against my grain because usually when you give Nick Saban six weeks to prepare for a national championship game, it's more often you're going to lose than win. So oh, yeah. I, I've never bet against Nick Saban. It's just kind of been – Doubted upon the guys he's had to put on the field. Um, Aaron, give your let's let's we're gonna wrap up the show with our top fours. Uh, we heard Uncle Williams, you know, 
we're we're praying for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I have a lot of people behind me praying for me. <laughs> you're gonna need a lot of you're gonna need a lot of help. Um, Aaron, let's go with your semi-normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're looking pretty normal peachy over here in my top four. We got Georgia going undefeated, uh, in the regular season and winning the SEC championship and number one, I think that's solidified. I think Ohio state takes care of business, beats Michigan, and they're able to take business in their big 10 championship and go 12 and one. Um, and they're going to be at the two spot, uh, at the number three spot. Yeah, this, yeah, I got Oklahoma state, um, winning out their schedule, beating Oklahoma twice. And getting in at that three spot. Don't ask them why. What's hard for me is hard for me is seeing them go to three. I don't think Cincinnati's gonna get jumped if they ever move to three. I think I think the committee is gonna say, All right, we got a one loss Big twelve school that has four ranked wins and two coming in the past three weeks, and they're gonna leap them over. Oklahoma uh, will not be ranked if they beat them by any substance in the first game. And they won't have to play Oklahoma again if they beat them. Oh, that's they, fair. That's if they fair. beat them, they'll play Baylor most likely. Which I, I think they'd be – and I think they're very similar to Baylor, but we said they're just a little bit better. Yes. Um, which I still think would be a good win. That would be a top ten team in the committee's eyes most likely. Um, so, really, you're having two top ten wins if they do beat 10th-ranked Oklahoma this week. And if it was Baylor in two weeks, prior eighth-ranked team in the nation. So, I mean, at that point – you would have two top 10 teams, uh, two top 10 wins over the past three weeks. I think a one-loss Oklahoma State team leapfrogs a undefeated Cincinnati team, even if they beat Houston. Um, and, you know, we'll, we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I do think that's a leapfrog moment uh, with that many ranked wins, especially coming off, you know, that hot of a streak. I think Oklahoma State would be number three, and Cincinnati would round it out at four. Yeah, I think I think people would like to see a Georgia Cincinnati rematch, yeah. um, but I think, in my honest opinion, Cincinnati has a better. Hear me out. Cincinnati has a better chance of beating Georgia than they do of beating Ohio State. The only reason I say that is, is because Cincinnati's defense is so good that they could hold Georgia to less than two touchdowns. No, I agree they, with that. I agree they, with that. They could. I don't think they do that to Ohio State just because of the offense of firepower that they have. And that's another reason I, I would put it there. I, and a, from a matchup standpoint, if you're going to have any when of these teams. When it's a Peach teams, Bowl rematch. It's a Peach yeah, Bowl rematch. Yeah, I'm saying if you're going to have any of these teams match up, I'm, I'm guessing you'd rather have Oklahoma State and Ohio State and Georgia and Cincinnati over, you know. Like, golly, Oklahoma State, Georgia would not be pretty. Um, but And then, obviously, I have Georgia and Ohio State making it and playing each other and Georgia beating Ohio State. But, yeah. So, mine is Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Cincinnati 3, 4, Notre Dame. So, the hardest thing that um, I had in this was putting Notre Dame. About made me puke. Yeah. But I, would. I think it will come down, and the committee's shown us that they love Notre Dame, regardless of what Notre Dame does, they love it. And I think if Cincinnati is in the playoff, they've got one loss against a playoff team. I think I've got Oklahoma State being two loss. I've got Oklahoma being two loss. And I've got Alabama being two loss. 
Um, and I've got Notre Dame coming in at the four. Georgia beating them by 150 points. And then Ohio State, Cincinnati playing a pretty good game. Ohio State pulling away late. And then Georgia beating Ohio State. Um, and yours, yours makes sense if, you know, the Big 12 beats each other up. And obviously the favorites like Ohio State and Georgia win. That, yeah. That's a very practical assumption. I mean, so I, 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 I just think Notre Dame's got the cleanest path. They only yeah, have to win I one agree. more game. Yeah. They got to win one game. Um, it hurts them not having the championship game, but it doesn't matter if everybody else is too lost. Um, I think the committee will like Notre Dame too much to put them, not put them in. Um, Cody, let's go to your top four. Um, I know yours is similar to mine, but almost. Yeah, I mean, it's similar, but, you know, I'm so tired of Notre Dame existing in this world. Um, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, they lose to Cincinnati. They look terrible. They schedule Tennessee school for the blind for their out-of-conference games. Oh, wait, they're not in a conference, so they play whoever they want. They pick the crappiest people ever, and then they barely beat them. I just hate Notre Dame. They're so bad. They get blown out every college football playoff. I don't even watch it. I just bet $100 on the whoever they're playing, and I always get my money. Um, nobody wants to see it. Nobody's going to tune into that. I don't think they'll put Notre Dame in because my projection, the only reason I have Alabama in here is I uh, you know, suspect them to go and give Georgia a close enough game to make it respectable, and I think the Big, T- Big 12 is going to beat themselves out. Um, so I think it's really – I mean, it's the exact same as John Thomas's, except for I can't stand Notre Dame and think they're terrible. So I'm going to put Alabama in at the four spot. And then I think I'm going to take the hot take of the year just because everybody else was going Georgia. So I wanted to do Ohio State beats Georgia, even though I hate Ohio State. I think they're really good. So that's my final. I think Luke Fickle wants to play Ohio State at some point. Um, that would be crazy. He wants to beat them. Uh, he thinks that he could have had the job at Ohio State. He could have um, if he didn't leave uh, before Ryan Day got the job. Um, it'll be re- really, really interesting if that's the game. Um, be crazy. All these Ohio people having to fly to all these places all over the country because, you know, when they're an hour and a half apart from each other, you know, two, three hours away from each other. So, um, is there, uh, you know, any other takes you guys have this week? Um, what are your anything else? I got to give a I shout just, out to East Tennessee State, baby. Right. SoCon champs. Come on. I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got. Um, you know, three NFL games tomorrow to keep you keep you nice and happy. Look, look, yeah. I know they just they they just activated Jared Goff, but I mean, yeah, you pretty, got I, you got a Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, Chris, you know, Thanksgiving Day. Might as well like, just sleep in and talk to your family a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's like watching the Houston Rockets and the uh, Detroit Pistons play basketball on Christmas Day. Nobody's watching that game. Uh, I, uh, you know, at least the football gets better throughout the day. Uh, I think the Raiders and the Cowboys would be a pretty good game. Uh, that could be a good game. And then I think the Buffalo Bills will bounce back 
and play a really good game against do. the Saints. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> hope. I will be in my seat crying if Bill Belichick is playing in the AFC Championship game and we're sitting at home. I will be crying. Um, but it, it'll be a good – it's a good week for football. I love – I love Thanksgiving week, even though it means football's coming to an end. Uh, as far as college goes, I still still really enjoy all the rivalry week. I need one more shout-out. Okay. Yeah, you got it. I sat in the rain for four hours for this beautiful game. Shout-out Houston Texans for walking into Music City and giving the Titans what they deserve, baby. I was the happiest man in the stadium sitting there. Weighing about 50 pounds more than I did walking in the stadium by the end. But, hey, we won <laughs> our second time of the whole year. Yeah, I, I want to give one shout-out. Shout-out really? to the Giants for firing Jason uh, <laughs> Garrett. So. Yeah, you also got to say uh, good coaching by James Franklin to receive a 10-year deal. And yeah. then Mel Tucker <laughs> said, screw you, Mr. Franklin, I'm going to sign up. 10-year, $95 million deal after getting beat by 50 the previous weekend. Inflation's uh, crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That means he's staying there for the long run. Um, I don't blame him. Uh, that's a job that's kind of like a Notre Dame-type job. You win eight games plus a year, you're going to be happy. Everybody's going to be happy with you. I think when he was at Vanderbilt, he was working his way to Penn State anyway. Oh, yeah. And he solidified that by saying he wanted the USC job, wanted the LSU job, and got a 10-year deal. That's what he wanted. You know what? You know what? With all these coaching hires happening, maybe USC does want Gruden. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Four and six is pretty bad for a USC program. Yeah. Well, I heard somebody's hot take say they were going to hire the interim. I said, everybody's decommitting and you're losing every game. What makes you think that they're going to keep the guy who's coaching the team? And they no did way. not really have an answer to that. They did They did not really have a nice answer to that. It's uh, all right. Coach O is always available. Oh, yeah. Lane Kiffin's available, too. He loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I was in attendance for Coach O this weekend, too. They played pretty garbage, but I was there for it. <laughs> Louisiana Monroe at night. It was a close one. <laughs> but, yeah, so we got a great weekend of football. Um, we wish you guys, you know, all a happy Thanksgiving and, you know, spend time with your family. Uh, we appreciate you supporting the pregame huddle podcast. Uh, I know we um, – I know we really are thankful for all our many listeners. Uh, but – uh, we hope everybody stays safe and travels, you know, uh, say, say, stay safe in their travels and everything. So we appreciate you, Uncle William, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'd love to have you back. Uh, I know you're in town just for a little bit, uh, but we're glad. We're glad to have you. Glad to be here. I was glad to be a part of this. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. So we're uh, – we thank you guys for listening and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.